Hello and welcome to Grace Life Sir Lowry's Pass. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. Good morning everyone. Are you happy to be here? Yes, I'm so happy that you're here and I'm happy to be here. So now I realized after when she, um, not Shane, JB was asking what stood out for us at the conference. One thing that actually really stood out was that uh, Shane, I think it was mentioned, that our church is not like most churches. Our church is more like a mission center where we are called to the army of going out to rescue the lost. And here we don't put on entertainment to keep people here. Because once people come here, the, the aim is to get equipped and go there and reach the lost. Amen? Isn't that exciting? That is so exciting. We surely have, like the Apostle Paul said, a high calling in Christ Jesus. Amen? So today I would like to speak on the subject Oh, yeah, yeah. We just this morning, I received a message from, actually from Germany, but it is uh, some South African friends of ours living there. But they have a friend whose 10-month-old baby choked on a grape last Tuesday and has been in a coma ever since. So they asked if we would please pray for this baby. Maybe we could stand up and just pray for this baby. Her name is Vinya. So thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we want to thank you. We thank you that you are the God of all flesh. And you said, is there anything too hard for me? Your ear is not deaf that it cannot hear, neither is your hand shortened that it cannot save. And we have this confidence that when we ask anything in your name, we know you hear us. And yes. when we know you hear us, we yes. know we have yes. the petition that we desired of yes, you. Lord. Father, we desire complete healing yes, of the baby. We desire this baby will wake up out of the coma yes, and that there will be absolutely no negative side effects. There will not even be the smell of smoke on this baby. So we are right now, we desire that your will be done and that the baby is healed in the name of Jesus. And Father, we want to thank you. We believe and therefore we receive and we thank you right now. Thank you for healing the baby. Let's all praise the Lord. Let's thank him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And they all said, Hallelujah. Uh, so we have an exciting subject this morning, but before we go into that, so let me tell you what happened. The husband came home, and in the kitchen, he found a cockroach. He immediately got out the spray, sprayed everywhere, cleaned everything, all of it to, to come, come back this roach, right? So the wife said, tomorrow I'm going to put it in the bathroom. <laughs> now there's also the, the other lady she had been at conferences all day meeting, church meetings, so on she comes home late after dark and 
She started by an intruder in her house, stealing her valuables. So she yells, she, she yells stop, X238. <laughs> and the guy freezes. You know, now it says, X238, let me just read you what it says. Um, Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus so that your sins may be forgiven. So she freezes in his tracks. Meanwhile, she goes, she calls the police. They come and the police handcuff the guy. And she says to him, why did you just stop because of this, an old woman yelling at you? She said, she said she had an ax at 238. <laughs> now today's topic is on fear, worry, and anxiety. This guy obviously froze out of fear. Amen? Amen. But now I want to read you Hebrews 2.15. Okay. Hebrews 2.15, I have it here on the phone. Okay. Hebrews 2.15, it says, And deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Now, if we have a spirit of fear, it actually puts us in bondage. So what is the enemy's favorite? If he can't keep you from being a Christian, he would certainly love to keep you from being an effective Christian. Amen? Amen? Because if you're effective, you are a threat to his darkness, his kingdom of darkness, because you're the light of the world, Amen. right? So today I want to talk a little bit about how can we overcome, how can we overcome that fear? Now, in John 14, 1, it said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. So like it said, Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. Is that actually a reasonable request? I mean, now we hear about the war in Israel, right? Imagine you being there. There was peace, quiet. All of a sudden, your house is bombed. You lost everything like that. How can your heart not be troubled? There's so many, when we think about uh, parents fearing for the well-being of the children due to gender confusion, due to so many things, God being taken out of schools, the killing, the start knifing, there are so many evils in the world, right? Mm -hmm. Or even when we think of Christians all around the world suffering persecution, and we are Christians, and we don't want to just be Christians. We want to be active for the Lord. Amen? Amen. We want to deliver souls. So how can we not let our trouble, our hearts be troubled, knowing these world situations, right? And what about pandemics? We just suffered COVID. Yeah. That was not an easy thing to go through. Yeah. Some may have even lost loved ones. Mm. How? And they, now they talk of more to come. You know, there's always the bad, dark, sad news, right? How can our hearts not be troubled? Is it realistic? It's easy to say, it's easy to say, don't let your heart be troubled. 
Besides that, there's all the, the murder, the rape, the gangsterism, the wars, the riots. I mean, how can we not, how can our hearts not be troubled? Okay, so I would like to say, and he said, you don't let your heart. Amen. So we can't just say, Lord, keep my heart not troubled. He said, yeah. you're the one. Yeah. You do not let your heart be troubled. How do I not let my heart be troubled in, I mean, under these circumstances? Amen. Isn't that a good question? Mm. It's a good question. I think it's a good question. It is. So he said, he said in verse 2, we just read John 14, 1, not to let our hearts be troubled, to believe in God and also in him. And then in verse 2 he said, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. So did he say that you would find your comfort in this world? Where would you find the comfort? In having the eternal perspective, eternity in mind. Because he said, I go away and prepare a place for you. Right after telling you not to let your heart be troubled, he said, why? Why should you not be troubled? Because he is preparing. That means I got to keep eternity as my perspective. I cannot just live for the things of today. Amen? I have to have an eternal perspective, but how can I have that? Now, here I want to interject. If I live with no vision, it says, uh, where there is no vision, the people perish. If I do not have a vision for eternity, if I think that this life is all there is, then I am going to try to find my comfort in this world and in, with these things, right? But that is a very, then I will be very troubled because I will be looking around rather than up. Amen? Amen. So, now in John 16, 33, Jesus said, these things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation. Did he say, in the world you shall have peace because I will see to it that there is no tribulation? Was that what he said? No. No. So where is, the, where is the peace? In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Mm. Now, first of all, he tells us not to let our hearts be troubled. Now he tells us on top of that to be of good cheer. Sure. That's asking a lot, don't you yeah. think? Not only must I not be troubled, but I must also be of good cheer. Yo, that's a challenge. Can I do that in my own strength, ladies and gentlemen? Do I have it in my natural self? <coughs> we need Jesus, amen? Amen. Like they said, like it has been said, the Christian life is not only difficult. Yeah. It is impossible. You cannot live the Christian life without the empowering of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Thank the Lord we have it. Amen? Amen? And if you don't have it, we can help you get it. Yes. All you have to do is ask. Amen. It's that simple. Yes. Everyone that asks receives. <coughs> Amen? Amen? Now Matthew 20, no sorry, 10, 28. 
it says, and fear not them which kill the body. So we are not even being promised that our body will not be killed. It just said, don't be afraid of them. Don't let the spirit of fear in. Fear is not your master. The prince of peace is our master. Amen? Amen? Amen. Don't follow the spirit of fear or you're following the wrong master. Amen? Our master is the prince of peace. But it said, fear not them which kill the body but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. In hell. Who is him? Who is it? Jesus. Rather fear him, yes. which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. And who is him? Who is him referring to? Jesus. Let's all say Jesus. We ought rather to obey God than men. Man might one day tell us, do not dare, dare to preach the gospel. Does that mean we should stop preaching the gospel? No. No. So, so it, is it possible to be at peace, to be cheerful, <clears throat> to not fear wicked men and all that is going on in the world around us? Is it possible not to be fearful? All right. Let's read uh, Philippians 4. 4 through 7. Philippians 4, 4 through 7. I wonder, Philip, if you could read it for me. Chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. I can't say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything but prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hands and your, ha your hearts and minds so he said, let your gentleness, your, here in, in my translation, it says your moderation, be made known unto all men. You know people are watching you. If you get fearful and cower and all that, what kind of ambassador for the kingdom of God, for Jesus Christ is that? Not a strong one, because we need not fear. The Lord is with us. Amen? Yes. And then he said here, be careful, or that means like worried for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Amen. You know that if we only tell the Lord our troubles, then it's just complaining. But when we actually see his hand and give thanks, that is when it becomes a prayer, because we are acknowledging him. And if we don't acknowledge him, if we just acknowledge the trouble, then we are just complaining. Yeah. But once we do with thanksgiving, Hallelujah. that means we see his hand. Amen. Because without his hand, it's impossible to give thanks Hallelujah. in those circumstances. Amen. Amen? So thanksgiving is an important way that we express our faith and trust in the Lord. Amen. Let's give thanks. That's in everything, in not for, 
we don't give thanks for, but we give thanks in spite of, we can still find reason to be thankful. Amen? Amen. So let's make sure that our prayers are effect effective and powerful, that they're not just complaints. Amen? Yeah. Amen. So it says here, and the peace of God. Once you get your mind upon the Lord, then the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. There you have the key. The peace of God that passes all understanding. If I lean to my understanding with all that's going on in the world, I cannot find peace because it's not peaceful. Amen? Amen? But if I will get my focus right, look unto the Lord. He is the Prince of Peace. If I get my mind on him, keep my focus there, then that supernatural peace will flood my heart and mind. And that is what we want, for us to continue to march forward and win the world for Jesus. We cannot allow ourselves to be in bondage to the spirit of fear. Amen? Not even the so-called little fear. You know, there's a verse that says, it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. I can't just leave room for that. Oh, I'm just afraid they're not going to receive me. Oh, I just worry. I'm afraid they're going to ask me something I can't answer. And then I don't do anything. But that is also bondage to fear. Because if they ask you something you don't know, what do you say? I don't know. But I will try to find out. And we can meet again, yes. right? So we should never, we should never be afraid. We, we need to be strong in the Lord. But I also tell you that if we would live in the word, if we would really give ourselves to come to a knowledge of the truth, then we will have wisdom. And we will be able to answer most, if not all of the questions that come. Amen. Amen? But this is why we are here. We are not here just to enjoy. We do enjoy, but we are here to get equipped. We are here to learn. What does the word say about this? What does it say about that? And that's why I am glad when I see you're taking notes. Yes. Because otherwise it's very easily in one ear, out the other. But we want to take these things to heart. It said that Mary, the mother of Jesus, she kept everything the Lord said to her through the angel there in her heart. We, she, we need to keep the word in our heart, because the Lord is serious. You know, governments, they are marshalling forces, building up their armies, but so is the Lord. We are the army of the Lord. Yes. Amen? Amen? And he wants to bring life, light, love, and that is what all human hearts long for. There's no better cause. Amen? Amen. So now, in Hebrews... 12, 1 and 2, it says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, 
looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. What joy was set before Jesus? Was the cross joy? No, it wasn't the immediate here and now. That was not the joy. He saw eternity. He saw you and I and many more to come being born again, becoming his family. But now, what joy is before your eyes? What do you see? If you only see the, he endured, Jesus endured because he saw the joy. Do you have a vision of heaven? Do you have a vision of eternity? How glorious, how beautiful, how fulfilling, how amazing, outstanding it's going to be? Is that joy, the vision of that in your heart? What do you have a vision for that's going to carry you through through in your hour of temptation? Mm. Jesus was tempted. He said, Lord, if it be possible, let it pass. Nevertheless, Mm. not my will, but your will. Amen? Amen. Amen. What's in your heart? Do you even have a vision? If you don't have a vision without a vision, the people will perish. You will perish on the way if you have no joy set before you. Amen? And that's why we need, we need to know whom we have believed. And we need to know where are we going? What's ahead? What's the joy? Why are we giving ourselves to this? What's in store? Is it worth it? You could be at the beach right now. Amen? Here you are. Is it worth it? I would say absolutely yes. Amen? It's more than worth it. But if you don't have a vision, and here it's pleasant, but what when we are tested? The test, when the test comes, do we have a vision for what we are doing? Amen? So it says... We are not alone. He says that we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. There are people watching from the spirit realm. Amen? And uh, what do you call it? Cheering you on. Yay, go for it, girl. You can do it. Amen? And the Holy Spirit prompting us. So let's remember, remember that you're being watched. You're never alone. Amen? And let us lay aside the weights. What are the weights? Well, fear, worry, anxiety, these for sure are weights. They bring bondage, they weigh us down, they hinder us. So for sure those are some of the weights that we need to let go of. We need to learn to overcome. And if we have a fear in our hearts, there's no condemnation. But now is the time to face it and deal with it. And we don't deal with it by hoping that it will just go away. We deal with it by the promises of God, finding what did God promise? What can I stand on? What is my right as a child of God? Amen? Amen. Amen. Because you know what? The enemy will run rockshot over us, pummel us, if we let him. But if we don't, grace is he that is in us, then he that is in the world. It's time to arise and shine. Amen? Amen. Because great darkness shall cover the earth. We are the only light. Jesus said, I am the light, you are the light. 
Let's shine our lights for Jesus. Amen? Amen. So, and then, okay, he said, let us run with patience the race that is set before us. When you run, when you're running, what direction are you looking? Straight. You keep your eyes on the goal. If, say, the building is on fire, someone yells to me, the building is on fire, I'm going to keep my focus straight on that door to run and get out of the building, right? I'm not going to look here and run like this. No. I've got to have straight focus and do my very best, quick as possible. Amen? Amen. And it said with patience. What is patience? Patience is exercising faith over a prolonged period of time. We do not get weary in well-doing. We don't faint and forget all this faith stuff. No, we keep the patience. We keep the faith. Our eyes are on the eternal, Amen. not on the temporary, not on all the circumstances Amen. in the world. Amen? Amen? So we need to look straight ahead. You can't allow yourself to be distracted by the things on the side of the road. Yeah. It will either slow you down, cause you to stop altogether, or crash. Mm. Jesus told us which direction to look. What does he say? Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher. And that is how we will have the joy and endure, by looking unto Jesus. Because you're not going to find it in this world. Amen? Our true treasure is Christ in us, our hope of glory. Like look now, for example, the war in Israel. Some people, many people, lost everything they had spent their whole lives building up. One bomb and it was all gone. But even if they had their life, if they had relationship with the Lord and had built up the true values in their heart, if they knew who you are in Christ, if they knew their calling, their purpose in life, <coughs> they did not lose all. Amen. Amen. And we, as wise investors, we need to invest in the eternal riches, in building up the true riches, our inner man. We can accumulate lots of money, lots of houses, lots of cars, lots of stuff, clothing, this, that, the other, and there's nothing wrong with this stuff. But if we spend all of our time investing to pursue those things, I was going to say when the shit hits the fan, but maybe there's a better way to say it. But what are we going to do in the hour of need? What then, who then cares about a cupboard full of clothes, a closet full of shoes? What then, is that going to come to your help, to your aid? No. But the reassurance of faith in your heart, knowing that you know, that you know, that you know. That is going to keep you. And how are you going to know? How are you going to know? There's only one way, and I want to say the war is on. Don't think, oh yeah, I'll get around to that one fine day. Now is the day. The day of salvation is now. Prepare now. You don't know what tomorrow holds. Don't boast yourself of tomorrow. You don't know what it holds. Now is the time. Amen? Amen. Be sober, be vigilant, for your enemy, 
as a roaring lion walks around, oh. seeking whom he may. Oh, maybe I can distract her. Don't you run? You haven't had work, and now you have an hour. Go to the mall. Go. Relax at the mall. Wow. Look window shopping. Go. Don't sit in the world. That's boring. Uh, no, it's not. It's not boring. I tell you, you be a wise investor. You're investing in your own eternity. There's the man who built on the sand, and it all crumbled. The man who built on a rock. It's not easy to build on rocks. I mean, if we have to, we have an constructor here can tell me how it is to build on a rock. It's not easy. It's hard work. Amen? Much harder than just putting something on the sand. But it's worth it. If you love your life, invest wisely. Amen? So, focus. The victory is determined by our focus. Jesus told us to make him our focus, yeah. not the things of the world, not the distractions that surround us. Yes. Jesus, <clears throat> despite his severe suffering, did not quit. He could have, but he didn't. Why? Because he looked past that to the joy that awaited him. You will have rewards in heaven. I think Pastor Isaac, if you were at the conference, he spoke about the difference between grace, yeah. which is a gift, and rewards, which are what you deserve. Yeah. Anything you do for Jesus Christ, for the furthering of his mission on this earth, you will receive a reward. Amen? And we need to realize we are not just living for the here and now. The here and now is like one drop in the ocean compared to eternity. So where should our mind and focus be? How stupid could we be? Sorry for the word. But if we only think of that one drop and we all our, our attention, all of our efforts, all of our this is on that one drop, we have a whole ocean to live. Amen? Like a runner who may be out of breath, thirsty, have a side sling, etc. Why does he keep running? for the joy of completing the race and winning the race. Amen? A runner, an athlete, just running in this natural world, he will endure hardship. He will endure all kinds of things to win this earthly race. How much more we? We are running for an eternal, heavenly race. Amen? Amen? Let's run with patience the race that is set before yes. us. Looking unto Jesus, don't look at the distractions the enemy sends on your way. Don't look at that flat screen TV, that fancy new car, that amazing house, those beautiful shoes. Keep your eyes on Jesus. You seek him. And all those things will be added unto you. Amen. All you need, he knows what you have need of before you Hallelujah. ask. But your job, your job yes, is to seek first the kingdom of God and his kingdom. And then all of that, he'll give it to you. He's a good father. He loves you. He knows you have need of all this before you even ask him. Amen? Amen. So we need to keep the vision of the spiritual realities of this life. James 4.14 says, Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It's even a vapor that appeared for a little time and then vanish it away. Have you ever seen a kettle boiling? 
and the steam of that. Yeah. You turn it off soon, there's no vapor. There's no more steam, right? That's what our life is like. So brief. So brief. Amen? So let's be wise. Let's not be foolish. So Proverbs 29:18. I shared that already, but it does say where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keeps the law. And remember at the conference, if you were there, the law is God's principles by which we should live. Amen? So if we keep the principles that God tells us to live by, happy is he. Happy, in spite of what goes on in the world. You live by the principles of God and you will be happy. Amen? If we lose the vision and quit, not only will the people we could have or would have reached perish, but we ourselves will perish as in being empty and unfulfilled. Amen? So let's look at what Jesus said about where our focus should be. Well, first of all, I just want to share Isaiah 26.3. says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind stayed on thee, yes. because he trusts in thee. If you don't trust God, you won't be able to keep your mind stayed on him. Uh, yeah. how, do you, how do you trust God? I mean, how do you, in reality, trust God? I mean, if you don't know him, like, is there somebody here I don't know? But it's hard to trust somebody you don't know, because you don't know their nature, you don't know their character, you don't know, do they like me, not like me? Are they for me, not for me? You can't trust somebody you don't know. But the peace of mind comes when we can trust the Lord because we trust him. That means we need to get to know him. We need to get to know him. And this here is the revelation of the nature and character of God. If we will study this, it will teach us why we can trust him. Amen? Amen. The word, the word, the word. There should be no, nothing in our lives that is more important yes. than the word Amen. and our relationship with God. Amen. 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 Now we are going to read. Oh, so okay. So Jesus said to follow, to focus on the following, on what will last eternally, His faithfulness, trusting Him with our trials, yeah. and on serving others. And we're going to turn to Matthew 6. And here he taught his disciples how to overcome fear, worry, and anxiety. It was not just to make us feel better physically, mm. but also because it affects our spiritual or soulless health. Yeah. Jesus told us that our emotions reflect what is going on in our hearts. Is the peace of God ruling in your heart? It can. It reflects what's going on in our hearts and what we value and the way we think. Would you, uh, JB, would you please read for us Matthew 6, 19 through 24. Matthew 6, 19 through 24. 6, 19. Yeah, verse 19 through 24. Yeah. Don't store up treasures here on earth. Yeah. Where moths eat them and rust destroys them, 
and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven, yeah. where moths and rust cannot destroy, and thieves do not break in and steal. Uh, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. Until 24. Yeah, 24 included, please. Now, uh, no one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Amen. So you see here, Jesus said, don't put your treasure upon the earth. Amen. Amen. If your treasure is upon the earth, you will be tied down to your treasure. Yeah. He said, where your heart is, I mean, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Let's make our hearts be in the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. Let's learn to treasure the true riches. So, um, there's a little poem. I think uh, Pastor Shane says it many times, but it says, only what's done, only one life, it will soon be passed. Amen. Only what's done for Christ will last. Keep that in mind. Yes. Let's say it all together. Only one life. Only one life. It will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ. Only what's done for Christ will last. And that is a true saying. Amen. Amen. So this shows us that we need to focus on eternity. That's one of the keys to how to have the peace that passes understanding how not to be troubled in our hearts. Focus on eternity. Second one is his faithfulness. Ma ma uh, would you continue? Yeah. That is now verses 25-34. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. For your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon, in all his glory, was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wild flowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, He will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things, saying, What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your Heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and He will give you everything you need. Uh, so don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. So basically He's saying, 
realize who you are. Now, if I ask you, who are you? You're his child. He said, you can trust his faithfulness if he cares that much about a small, insignificant sparrow. How much more? Trust his faithfulness. How much more he cares for you? A sparrow is not made in his image and likeness. You are. You're special. You're unique. He died for you. He didn't die for a sparrow. He said, trust my faithfulness. Trust my faithfulness. Look, I can clothe you. I can feed you. I love you. I will be faithful to you. Always. Always. Amen? Amen. Trust him. Trust him. Now the next six... Uh, next section is that we can trust him with our trials. Yeah, but Lord, do you know what I'm going through? And this section now, this is from Matthew 8 and 9. Here we see that Jesus has real power to intervene in our lives and help us overcome our trouble. Jesus has what? Real power. What does he have? Real power. He's not just to make you feel good. Oh, I'm sorry, you're going through that? Oh, poor you little thing. No. You know, uh, pity, that's pity, right? Mm -hmm. But Jesus sympathized. Sympathy does something about it. He intervened in many, many, many lives and made the wrong he right. He made the wrong right. Amen? Amen. So he has the power to do something about it. All he needs for us to do is to... Believe. Believe. Remember, we are saved by grace, the gift of God, through faith. Faith is our part. They say faith is the hand that reaches out and receives. I believe it. I confess it. I receive it now. And then I'll see it. Amen? So, for example, in Matthew 8, verses 1 to 3, we see that he healed a leper. That was a terminal illness. So nothing is terminal with God. He healed a leper of his terminal illness. In verses 5 through 13, the centurion, centurion, centurion? centurion ruler came to Jesus, and Jesus healed the servant, his servant, just by speaking the word. He didn't even go to his house. This is how powerful the word of God is when mixed with faith and expectation. Amen? Amen. So when we say get in the word, we could almost say get into the power of God. Get in the flow of God's power. Amen? Amen. And in verses 14 through 15, still Matthew 8, we see that Peter's mother-in-law was healed immediately. The fever left her, and she got straight up and served them. Immediate, full recovery. And in verses 16 and 17, Jesus healed all. Everyone comes, came to him, and he healed them all. In verses 18 through 22, um, Ah, 
I have here written, what does, say, what does 18 through 22? Can you read me? Uh, chapter 8, verse, Matthew 8, 18 through 22. Um, uh, when Jesus saw the crowd around him, he instructed his disciples to cross to the other side of the lake. It's about uh, the storm. Ah, okay, about the storm. One of the teachers of the religious law said to him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, Foxes have dens to live in, and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place even to lay his head. Another of his disciples said, Lord, first let me return home and bury my father. But Jesus told them, Follow me now, let the spiritually dead bury their own dead. Sorry. So this was just a, an example like, what do you think would have happened if this scribe had followed Jesus? You think he would have starved to death? You think he would have gone naked? You think he would have been sick? But he wanted to secure his own financial security, right? He wanted to do it himself. Jesus let him, but I am convinced he missed out big time. Amen? But you see, this step of trusting, stepping out on the unknown, that is what we call the step of faith. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. But they that come to him must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Hebrews 11.6. Amen? We must believe him. And so, also, also, Jesus healed the storm, I mean, calmed the storm. We see that he had power over nature, right? And then in Matthew 8.28 through 34, he had power over devils. And in Matthew, um, okay, there was another scripture where he, he raised the dead, but he has power over death. For sure we know he has power over death. Otherwise, we would all still be dead in our sins. But even those that were physical dead, physically dead, he raised Lazarus, he raised the little girl that had died, Jairus' daughter, he raised the dead. Is anything impossible for God? You know, you cannot say, if Jesus can raise the dead, any sickness, any sickness is just on the way to death. So you cannot say, oh, this, death is, this sickness is incurable. If Jesus healed death itself, there's nothing he cannot do. Why would we put our trust in man as, for example, doctors, without putting it in first and foremost in God. Doctors are limited, we need them, and they've done a lot of good. And I'm not putting doctors down, but they are limited. God is not limited. He can do anything, amen? amen. If thou canst believe. That is now, and how do you build your faith? Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Amen? Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, the last way where our focus should be in order to have, to not let our hearts be troubled, in order to be cheerful, in order to have the peace that passes understanding is serving others. Mm. Jesus said, serving others. So now, difficult situations have a a way of revealing where our heart is at. I can say I love God, but when something bad happens, do I panic? 
or do I look, do I keep my calm, do I keep the peace, and do I look to God? Do I speak forth faith, not what I have, but what I want? How do I react? And sometimes these things come upon us sudden, suddenly. It's not like we can then prepare our hearts. If our hearts are not already prepared, it's too late. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> Extreme financial pressure, a broken family relationship, or the death of a loved one may be a crisis to one person, while to another, it is the opportunity to prove the power of God's word. How did Jesus handle it when his cousin John the Baptist was beheaded? Jesus was not without emotions. The Bible says that he was moved with compassion. He wept. He got weary. And that he dreaded the cross to the point of sweating drops of blood. Sometimes we think that Jesus was above all human emotions. But we need to remember that he came to earth as a man. And yet he rose above. Amen? Matthew 14. 13 and 14, please. Yes, verse 13 and 14. Uh, as soon as Jesus heard the news, he and, left. Sorry, yeah. the news were that John the Baptist had been beheaded. Um, he left in a boat to a remote area to be alone, but the crowds heard where he was headed and followed on foot from many towns. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat, and he had compassion on them, and he healed their sick. How did Jesus, he hit the devil back, amen? amen. Jesus, I mean the devil stole from him, he hit him right back. Because the darkness, the sickness is of the enemy, and he took back the territory. He healed them all. Amen? He forgot about his own pain and hurt and thought of the people that came to him that were in need. And that is how we get our, we need to learn to get our minds off of self. You know, self-pity is the source of all grief. When we, if we allow ourselves to think to look inward and fall into self-pity will be gone for. We need to look out. Yeah, okay. So Jesus didn't slump down with self-pity. He attacked the devil head on. So it says in Matthew 9, 35, 10 to 15, maybe it's too long a reading. Are we out of time yet? Can you read it? It would be Matthew 9, 35, and through verse Chapter 10, verse 15. See, let's see how Jesus served others. Jesus, Matthew, Matthew uh, 9, 35, uh, and then through 10, 15. Okay. <clears throat> Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of uh, disease and illness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were confused and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. He had, uh, he said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. Oh, you hear that? That's what we heard at the Multiply Conference. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. Will you be one? Will you love the Lord with all your heart and serve him? Amen.
So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask Him to send more workers into His fields. And then uh, Matthew 10 verse 1. Through 15. To 15. All the way through yeah. 15. Jesus called His 12 disciples together and gave them the authority to cast out evil spirits and to heal every kind of disease and illness. Uh, here are the names of the 12 apostles. First, Simon, also called Peter. Then Andrew, Peter's brother, James, son of Zebedee, John, James's brother, Philip, Bartholomew, Thomas, Matthew, the tax collector, James, the son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who later betrayed Jesus. Jesus sent out the twelve apostles with these instructions. Don't go to the Gentiles or the, uh, the Samaritans. <laughs> Don't go to the Gentiles or the Samaritans, but only to the people of Israel, God's lost sheep. Go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, and cast out demons. Give as freely as you have received. Don't take any money in your money belts, no gold, silver, or even copper coins. Don't carry a traveler's bag with a, cha uh, with a change of clothes and sandals or even a walking stick. Don't hesitate to accept hospitality because those who work deserve to be fed. Um, wherever you enter a, or whenever you enter a city or a village, search for a worthy person and stay in his home until you leave town. When you enter the home, give it your blessing. If it turns out to be a worthy home, let your blessing stand. If it is not, take back the blessing. If any household or town refuses to welcome you or listen to your message, shake its dust from your feet as you leave. I tell you the truth, the wicked cities of Sodom and Gomorrah will be better off than such a town on the judgment day. So this is what we are called to, right? He gave the disciples power to cast out devil, heal the sick, and so on. You and I, we are his disciples today. Amen. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He gave them power, he gives us power. But we need to receive it, stir up, and use it for his glory. Amen? Amen. So like in conclusion, what are the keys for us to not let our hearts be troubled, to be cheerful in spite of, and to have the peace that passes understanding. Number one, having the right focus. Let's say that. Have, it, have the right focus. Have the right focus. Number two, stay full of the word. In other words, you, gotta, you cannot have anxious thoughts and the word at the same time. It's one or the other. Stay full of the word. And last but not least, be positively occupied running the race and fulfilling your calling. Be positively occupied running the race and fulfilling your calling. Amen. The best cure is to get our mind on others, on helping others. Forget yourself and think of others. Amen? Amen. Amen? And let's not forget, last but not least, that we have a covenant with the Lord. Now that is a big study. At first I had 
a whole lot about covenant, but I think for today, we won't be able to go there. But all the promises, we have a covenant with God, that means that if you're in a covenant, you have an agreement. If you need my help, I'll be there for you. If I need your help, you'll be there for me. And God is our helper. Amen. We couldn't have any better covenant than that. Amen? Amen. And then it says, and we have the promises of God. It says, for all, in 2 Corinthians 1, 20 to 22, for all the promises of God find their yes in him. That is why it is through him that we utter our amen. What do we say? Amen to God for his glory. And it is God who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us and who has also put his seal on us and given us his spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. Amen? Amen. Shall we pray? Shall we pray? You want to stand up for a word of prayer? So, <clears throat> are you encouraged today? Yes. God is with you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Amen? Walk with God. So, Father, thank you, dear Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Why we want to really thank you. It is possible by the power of your Holy Spirit, by the guidance of the Holy Spirit, by the word, by obeying your guidance. We can live without troubled, troubled hearts, with peace of heart and mind. So Father, in the name of Jesus, I right now I pray that we'll all be rooted and grounded in your love and that we will be strongly established in your word dedicated to follow you closely and running with praise, patience and endurance the race that you have set before us. Not our own race, but your race. Bless and keep each and every one here in Jesus' name, amen. And help us to devote ourselves to you and invest in the eternal riches in the name of Jesus, amen. You can find more of our free teachings on our website, www.gracelife.ca. And if you're ever in the Solaris Pass area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us, or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website, www.gracelife.ca.